Hi friends, I am your host Jade and welcome or welcome back to Criminal Curiosity, the true crime podcast that dives into bizarre and fascinating cases. Together we talk about everything in the true crime world, whether you've heard of them or not. So buckle up and get ready to feed your curiosity with Criminal Curiosity. This week we are going to be talking about the murder of real estate agent David Nixon. So let's get started. David Nixon was born on March 9, 1962, in Hillsborough County, New Hampshire. His niece describes him as a man with a strong personality who enjoyed the finer things in life, such as women, cars, houses, and clothes. About 30 minutes from Dallas, Texas, is Grapevine, where David Nixon worked as a real estate agent. In Grapevine, Texas, there is a lake called Lake Grapevine where there are many, you know, rich people that live there. There are local restaurants, there's live entertainment, and wine tasting in this town. On Sunday night, David Nixon's ex-wife, Donna Lee, went to the police station and reported David missing. They had made some plans to meet up for dinner with their 10-year-old son, and when he doesn't show up, she right away becomes concerned because he wasn't answering his phone nor was he returning her phone calls. This was odd because David kept in contact with his son every single day. A few hours later, a man sees a fire in the parking lot of an abandoned building while he's driving his car. When he gets out his car and approaches the fire, he sees what appears to be a human body. The body was wrapped in a blue tarp, and dental records confirm that the man was 40-year-old David Nixon. To police, it looked like someone tried to stuff his body down the storm drain, and if that was the case, police believed that they would have never found his body. When they found the body, there was no blood or any signs of a struggle, meaning that David was killed somewhere else. During the autopsy, the medical examiner found a bullet that entered his left side through his heart, making his cause of death a single gunshot wound. The medical examiner found some undamaged tissue that would be able to determine when David was shot. He estimated the time of David being was between 36 and 48 hours. His body was found Sunday night just after midnight, which meant he was murdered late Thursday night or early Friday morning. At the crime scene, police found more forensic evidence, which were tire impressions within 10 feet of the body. The tire impression were from a dual axle vehicle, which meant that it was from a truck with two sets of tires on the back and one wheel on the front. Police looked into Donna and David's relationship, and they found out that David had an affair with a flight attendant named Lisa Hall. And they also found out that David had a half a million dollar insurance policy and David's son would be able to get that money when he is older, so for the time being, Donna was named the beneficiary on the insurance. Donna is brought in for questioning, and she's cooperating with them. She had an alibi for Thursday night and Friday morning, which is when they believe that David was murdered. So they eventually ruled out Donna. They then look into Lisa Hall, the flight attendant, who was also David's second ex-wife, and she as well had an alibi for the time during the murder. Police learn about 32-year-old Tracy Frame, who was David's current girlfriend. Now, Tracy told multiple people that she was an accountant, but she was a bookkeeper who was taking some accounting classes. Tracy and David lived in Grapevine, living a very rich life. 
The one thing that David and Tracy argued about the most in their relationship was money. David gambled a lot and he was having a lot of problems with the IRS. Tracy and David met shortly after his second wife left him and David got him and Tracy matching cars. She got a black Lexus and he had a white Lexus. Because David owed the IRS, the house that he owned, he put it in Tracy's name and shortly after, it was causing a lot of problems in the relationship. David wanted the house back in his name and Tracy said no. Tracy consented to the police searching the house. They used luminol in the hopes of finding blood and they used cadaver dogs, but they didn't find anything. What they did find was electric blanket controls, but not an electric blanket. This was odd because David was wrapped in an electric blanket. The next day, they found David's white Lexus in a grocery store parking lot. The car was pretty clean and there was no sign of blood or a sign that someone was attacked in the car, which meant that someone smaller than David was the last person in the car. David and Tracy's neighbor told police that she saw a moving truck at their house sometime in the middle of the week. Police asked Tracy, you know, why is there a moving truck, you know, are you guys moving and what are you moving? She tells them that they're just moving, you know, large stuff like pool chairs, things that couldn't fit in the dumpster so they had to get a moving truck instead. 37 minutes before David's body was found at 1.34 a.m., a woman was seen getting out of David's white Lexus, then walking to a black Lexus and drove away. Four hours earlier, the black Lexus drove into the parking lot. The woman got out of the car, walked to the move-in truck, and drove away. Another camera showed that the previous afternoon, the same woman parked the same rental truck in the parking lot and left with the black dog. And Tracy also had a black dog. Police were informed by H&H janitorial supply employees that they witnessed a lady who fit Tracy's description enter the store to purchase some cleaning supplies. The woman also asked how to remove blood from carpets. And I don't know if this was alarming to them, but I assume it was alarming to them because they ended up telling police this, but they told her that the best way to get blood out of the carpet was muriatic acid. And the name on the card, get this, belongs to Tracy Frame. There was no blood or acid, nothing was found in the truck, but the truck had tires. And they used the tire impressions, hoping that it would help in any way. The truck's six tires and the tire impressions that were discovered at the scene were compared. Two sets of tire thread impressions and two distinct class characteristics were found in six tires and on the ground. Which, if you're a little confused by that because it is tires and I was confused by it as well, it just proves that the moving van was the one at the scene. And his dead weight is even more heavier. How did Tracy, who is 5'7", a very small woman, move his body? Well, the answer is, is that the moving truck comes with a dolly. Is known to me as a dolly, to other people it might be a hand truck, but it used to carry heavy things on the two little wheels. So all Tracy really had to do was put David's body on the dolly 
and just drag the dolly, which is on wheels, so it's much easier. Tracy denies everything from the jump, and police theorize that the argument between Tracy and David stems from David wanting to reclaim the house that he worked hard for and that he paid for. And Tracy did not want that to happen, and police believe that David was going to leave her. Thursday night, Tracy shoots David while he's asleep with an unregistered handgun that David kept in the house. On Friday, she drove David's white Lexus to the moving rental company, where she got the moving truck, and waited until night to move David's body into the truck using the dolly. She drove 14 miles to an isolated parking lot and tried to use the drain to dispose of David's body. She realized that the body would not fit down the drain, so she left the move-in truck in the grocery store parking lot and walked home with her dog to avoid suspicion that the truck had been at the house for a long time. Sunday night, she drove to the grocery store and bought trash bags and muriatic acid, which we know is her because she used her card. She cleaned the truck, got a can of gasoline, and set David's body on fire. Tracy's thighs had linear bruises at the precise height that the dolly would have struck her. Tracy purchased a new mattress as well, and Tracy's friend asked, you know, if you talk so much crap about David, why don't you just leave him? And Tracy said, quote, well, without him, I would be living in an apartment and driving a Honda, end quote. Mm. And look where she ended up. Tracy's defense team claimed during the 2005 trial that someone else had used her store rewards card and that Tracy was not the woman in the security footage. They also tried to say that David was involved with prostitutes and since he gambled and was in so much debt because of it, someone in the gambling world killed him. Additionally, they claimed that the car salesman named Jerry Vowell killed David because David owed him money. Tracy also stated that... It was a robbery gone wrong. Roland Taylor, a British dentist living in Texas, was a longtime friend of Tracy, and after her arrest, they started a relationship where they're engaged now. He describes Tracy as a wonderful, loving woman, and all she wants is to be loved and to love people. Technically, if we're speaking based on facts, she wanted the house that she didn't pay for, nor work to get. Following a two-week trial, 35-year-old Tracy Frame was found guilty of David Nixon's murder on March 9, 2005, which would have been David Nixon's 46th birthday. She was given a 40-year sentence with the possibility of parole after 20 years. In September 2024, which is, believe it or not, next year, Tracy, who will be 55, will be eligible for parole. My thoughts? I don't think that you have to be a detective to figure out that Tracy murdered David. There was so much evidence. Like, what were you expecting? I find it funny how she told her friend that without David, she would be living in an apartment and driving a Honda. So I'm just like, if this man provides all this stuff for you, and and, and he's a good man, why won't you just, why would you kill him? Because you're greedy. That's why. When she said, you know, she'd be living in an apartment and driving a Honda, you know, look at her now, in prison, with no matching Lexus, no house on the lake, and no dog, because she decided that even though she had so much, it wasn't enough, and murdered David. 
My heart goes out to David's family, especially his son, Nicholas, who is probably now in his 30s, who lost his father at such a young age. I hope that there are loving people surrounded Nicholas and that he feels loved and that he's doing well. And with that, today's story comes to an end. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember, every Thursday there is a new episode at 7 in the morning. You can keep up with me and the podcast at Instagram at Criminal Curiosity Pod. That is all that I have for you today. Please be safe out there. Look out for one another. Until next time, bye everyone. Mm-hmm.